Welcome to Finding Freedom with Inspire Wellness. I'm Gemma, a certified nutrition and health coach, anti-diet advocate, and your ultimate hype girl. I'm here to empower you with inspiration, education, and motivation so that you can start living as your happiest and healthiest self, whatever that means to you. I spent years struggling with food, my body, and my mental health until I finally found freedom. Now I'm on a mission to make sure that nobody goes through what I did and to burn diet culture to the ground while I'm at it. I'm obsessed with helping women to ditch the diets, create sustainable habits, improve their mindset, love their bodies, and become their next level selves. So what are we waiting for? Let's do this. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Finding Freedom with Inspire Wellness. Now, I asked a question on my Instagram stories last week and said, ask me anything, basically. Tell me what you want to hear about on the podcast and I will answer your questions. And one of the questions I got was about my story and another one about why I started my business. So I thought, you know what? Let's do a whole episode. Let's do a whole episode on my story. And yeah, let me tell you why I'm here, why I do this, I guess. Now, a little bit of a trigger warning for this one. I'm going to tell my story and it does get a little bit heavy. So bit of a trigger warning. If you don't have the capacity to hear about eating disorders or mental health issues at the moment, maybe give this one a miss. So yeah, let's, let's get into it. So when I think about my why, I guess, there's a statistic that comes up for me. And that is the fact that 81% of Australian women dislike their bodies. Like that's what I come back to every time. That is why I have my podcast. That's why I do coaching. That's why I have my social media and I'm always on there talking about this stuff because 81% of Australian women dislike their bodies. Like four in five women dislike their bodies. Like that, that breaks my heart because I understand it. I understand it so well. I struggled with my body for 16 years of my life and that's 17 and a half thousand meals with some kind of guilt, shame, or anxiety attached to them. I went from being this like cute, tiny little skinny child up until about grade five, where I put on a bunch of weight, which is completely normal for a girl at that age. And that along with like my height, because I'm quite a tall person, made me really, really self-conscious about being like the big girl. And I'm putting that in bunny ears. And I really started to dislike my body. So that was when I was about 10 years old, basically. And I think I just started noticing that I looked a bit different to the other girls. And, you know, especially when we're in those years, you want to be like everyone else. You want to fit in. You want to be part of the community. And I didn't feel like I was. I felt different. And it just kind of escalated from there. I had my first bout of depression in year eight. And that was, it was really, it was really difficult time in my life, obviously, but it definitely did. A lot of it was related to my body, to that feeling of being different, to that feeling of not being good enough. And I can still remember lying in bed in my, you know, early teenage years in my probably not even necessarily teenage years, like I reckon 11, 12, 13, 14, that type of time, I can still remember always just lying in bed and looking at my stomach and just clutching, you know, the roll of my stomach and thinking, I just want to chop this off. 
and thinking I could just go and get the scissors right now. I could cut it off. Like, would that work? Then if I'd cut it off, they'd have like, they'd have to fix it and then it would be done. That's not a normal thing for a child to be thinking. That's not a normal thing for anyone to be thinking, but this is the type of stuff I felt about my body. And I mean, I was always quite conscious of food. So not necessarily at this point in like a restricting it way or trying to be healthy way or anything like that. I was just always very aware of it. I was very aware of like how much I was eating, how much other people were eating, aware of things like, you know, whether my brothers were given an extra roast potato at dinner compared to me, which the fact that, you know, that's such an insignificant thing. But the fact that I remember that really clearly, that's, that's a sign that there was something going on there. Basically there were food issues happening back then, but my food issues really, really started to kick in back in late high school. So I really started trying to diet and to lose weight in probably year 12, I think was when it got quite intense. And I aimed to just eat as little as possible, mostly because I wanted to lose weight before schoolies. Oh my God. But I do things like eating just a couple of rice crackers all day. And then I'd pretend I felt sick at night so I wouldn't have to eat dinner. And then I'd go for like really long walks on hot days to do everything possible to try and be as small as possible. Like so messed up. Like I longed for an eating disorder. I wished, I wished I would bloody Tumblr. I don't know if any of you guys were on Tumblr, but I was on Tumblr following all that like pro Anna content, like basically wishing I could be anorexic, wishing I could be bulimic. (laughs) Chokes on me guys, because I did end up with an eating disorder later. But basically at that time, I was just desperate for one because I was like, well, at least I'll be skinny. And that's all I want to be. All I want, all my life problems will be fixed if I am skinny. And this is where my like binge and restrict cycle really kicked in. I try and be healthy because I, I mean, I did want to be healthy. I wanted to be skinny, but I also, you know, thought, yeah, healthy. That's what we'll frame this as. So I try and be healthy all day, but then I'd like stealth eat heaps of cheesy, cheesy pasta or baked potatoes or chocolate. I think I've told this story on the podcast before, but sorry if you've heard it, you're hearing it again. I used to work at Coles when I was in my teens and I used to buy those like two kilo bags of potatoes and I'd bring them home and I kept them under my bed because then when mum wasn't home and no one was home, I would come out and I'd make like three baked potatoes with heaps of cheese, sour cream, all the delicious good things. But I would hide them under my bed because I knew that wasn't normal. Like I knew that wasn't something that my family would approve of me doing. So I would hide potatoes under my bed and stash them under there. I'd also have chocolate under there, lollies under there, everything like that. But I was, yeah, eating in secret, which again, that's, that's disorder. That's a sign of disordered eating. But at the time, that's what I felt like I needed to do. I suppose. I also throughout that time through my late teens and my early twenties, I drank and I partied a lot, which if you know me now, it's kind of funny because I'm the biggest grandma in the world. I go to bed at like eight o'clock, but back then I used to drink, I used to party a lot. And I've thought about this quite a lot in recent years, but I think it's because I was just, I was in my head all of the time. I lived my life in my head because I didn't feel safe in my body. I didn't feel comfortable in my body. I felt really disconnected from my body. I didn't want to be around it because I disliked it so much. And alcohol got me out of my body sorry, got me into my body and got me out of my head. I mean, also like, I'm not just putting this all on this. Alcohol was fun. I was a teenager. I was in my twenties. Like it was a fun time. I enjoyed it, but 
I think the amount that I did party and the amount that I did drink was a big part of it was because it helped me forget about my body and it made me feel confident. Whereas I had no sense of confidence there. None at all. I was so self-conscious. I, yeah, I just really wasn't happy in who I was, but if I drank, sure, I could be confident. I could get out there in my little skirt. I could talk to boys. Like it helped me forget who I was, I suppose, or who I thought that I was. Another thing about alcohol was I also used it as an excuse to eat. Like other people went home to sleep, you know, at 4am after you've been out. Totally fair. That's normal. I would go home and I would cook massive meals because I was like allowed to eat it when I was drunk. Also very unsafe. I don't know how I didn't burn our house down. And as well as being allowed to eat when I was drunk, I was allowed to go and get takeaway when I was hungover because I was hungover. That's what you do. It's what you do when you're drunk. It's what you do when you're hungover. So I also used alcohol as an excuse to eat and to eat the things that I wanted to eat. Now, fast forward a number of years, I went to America in 2016 with my family, which was the best. And I remember at the end of that trip, looking at photos and thinking, oh my God, enough is enough. This is it. I'm so unhappy in my body. I need to make a change. Now I actually found the photo and I can still remember exactly which photo it was. And I found the main photo that bothered me the other day. And I'm just honestly, seriously, like, again, I know I say it over and over, but this is proof. The body image is not about what you look like. I look completely normal. Like I look completely fine, but I looked at it and was like, oh my God, disgusting. So basically I decided enough was enough. I wanted to get healthy. So I came home. I bought a bikini body guide from, you know, a fitness influence. I don't know if they, I don't think they were called influencers then, but fitness girl, I'm sure a lot of you probably also owned the one. I will not name names because she has moved on and now realizes how toxic it was. But I bought one of those guides. I took up running. I took up the gym and I was constantly praised for being healthy, praised for losing so much weight. And my life really started to kind of revolve around that. But the thing is like I was eating 1200 calories a day because that's what this guide was based on. I had no concept of health, like no concept of health. For me, it was all about the calories. Like I wouldn't eat a lot of veggies because I didn't actually really like veggies very much, especially green ones. Hated green veggies, was not about it. So instead of eating them to get the nutrients and vitamins and minerals and all of the good stuff, the reasons you eat vegetables, I just left them off because I was like, yeah, but save the calories. It's healthier for me not to eat the lettuce because the lettuce has calories. And I don't want the lettuce. So I will save the calories for the things that I like. That is not healthy. That is not health. (laughs) But I had the very warped view of health. I didn't get it. I thought it was about eating as little as possible to make me as little as possible. Now, things really kind of kicked off to the next level when I moved to Tasmania. So I moved over here by myself at the time. I started working at a gym because, like I said, I was into health, which was not health, but I was into health. So I started working at a gym and it really just took it to the next level. I became quite obsessive. And of course, as a lot of you probably know, as you lose weight, it gets harder to lose weight. Like it's easier at the beginning and then it becomes harder. And because it was getting harder, I had to take more and more drastic measures, very drastic measures in some ways. And I was always reading about nutrition Like I was always trying to work out the best way to eat, the best way to live my life, all of these kinds of things. So I was just oscillating between like counting calories, tracking my macros, intermittent fasting, plant-based eating, getting rid of sugar, getting rid of flour, getting rid of anything processed, 
based on the information I was consuming at the time. I was reading anything I could get my hands on, all the books, all the podcasts, all of that kind of stuff, trying to work out what was right because there was so much conflicting information out there, so much. So I would read something and go, oh, this sounds great, start doing it, and then being like, oh my God, done, yes, I found it, I found the best way, this is amazing, I'd try this new way of eating, and I think that was the best, and I'd want to share it with everyone because I loved learning and I wanted to share my knowledge. That's something that I've always been interested in. I've always been interested in helping people and guiding them. But I just didn't know at the time that what I was trying to help them with was actually really unhealthy. Just interrupting this episode, but it's with a freebie, so I'm sure you'll forgive me. On Wednesday, 29th of May, I am hosting a free online masterclass called Beat the Binge. Come along to uncover the root cause of your binge eating and get my top four strategies to stop so that the only binging you do is on Netflix every Friday night. You can join me live for a Q&A after the masterclass and everyone who registers will get the replay recording delivered straight to their inbox. You'll also receive an epic workbook to support you on your journey to stop binging and to help you put everything into practice. I can also promise that this event will be 100% pitch free. It is all about the value and you will find no gatekeeping of the information from me. So are you in? Hit the link in the show notes to register now. And I very much had like the rose colored glasses on at this time as well. I would be like, I can still remember, you know, to my friends being like, do this thing that I'm doing right now. And at the gym telling the members like, oh my God, I'm doing intermittent fasting and it's the best thing ever. Like I feel so good. I've learned that I actually don't need as much food as I thought that I did. It's so amazing. I feel so healthy, but I was ignoring the fact that I was grumpy as hell up until I was allowed to eat. Like I, my eating window started at 2 PM. If the phone rang at 1 58 PM, I would flip my shit I would be putting my food in the microwave at 158 so that at two o'clock on the dot, the microwave would ding and I could be there eating it. That's not normal. But in my head, I ignored that because I was like, no, it's fine. It's good. It's going well because I'm losing weight. So it's all good. Love it. I'm having the best time ever. This is the best. Everyone needs to know about this. Now, like I said, I was interested in helping people. I wanted to guide people. I wanted to teach people but I didn't love the idea of going back to uni. I was kind of debating it. I was like, do I go back? Do I study dietetics? Like, do I study nutrition? What do I do? And now I hope you're prepared for the woo. The woo is coming out now. I went back to Melbourne with my mom and I saw a psychic. Um, And she told me that she saw me getting a qualification in nutritional health and working to help others, like especially from a holistic standpoint. And so woo. She was telling me that like my grandma was communicating through her and to just do it. So I was like, you know what? Okay. I'm just going to do it. This is something I've been thinking about. The psychics told me, (laughs) she said, I better do it. So I came back, I signed up for nutrition and health coaching. And at about the same time, I decided to start my Instagram, which is still the Instagram that I have to this day. So I thought, you know, I'll document my journey, but I only posted drawings that I've done and quotes because I was so self-conscious And I just had no confidence whatsoever. So I didn't want anyone to see me. I couldn't put up photos of me. In fact, I wouldn't even put up photos of just like food or anything else because I didn't feel good enough at all to do with anything. So it took me eight months to even share a photo. I'm like, it's all there. Scroll back. Go to my Instagram, inspire underscore underscore wellness. Scroll all the way back and you will see how much I have changed because also the stuff that I was posting then, it was 
you know, it was about how I was struggling with my body and how I was sick of falling off the wagon every weekend and having to start every Monday. And then it was all about how everyone has to be vegan because it's the only healthy way. And again, I know I've said this before, I'm nothing against veganism. I was not doing it to be healthy. Sorry. I was not doing it to, for the ethical reasons, I was doing it to be healthy, which was not healthy. Now, when I was working at the gym, I really wanted to work on, they had a food coaching program and I really wanted to work on that because I was really interested in this stuff. And I helped develop this six week challenge basically, which, oh my God, I hate challenges so much now. But at the time I was like, cool, six week challenge, let's do it. It was a very strict challenge. It was very much macro focused, few ingredients, few, you know, completely like whole foods, all of that stuff. And I tested it. I basically developed it with one of the PTs. I tested it myself and was like, yeah, I'm getting results. Wow. Of course I got results. It was the strictest thing ever. And like, when I look back at my mindset at that time, I used to get so shitty with the members when they would come in and go, or in our little Facebook group and be like, ah, can I just swap the, I don't know, steak for pork fillet or something like that. And I would get so mad because I'd be like, no, If you want results, you have to stick to it 100%. You cannot change any little thing. It has to be exactly right. Not healthy, Gemma, not healthy, but this is the mindset I was in, like so strict. So I was so strict for this six-week challenge and I did it for, I think, four weeks before the challenge even started just to test it. So I still remember so clearly in my mind the day the challenge finished. I did my final weigh-in. First thing in the morning, because I had to go in and make sure I didn't eat anything or drink a sip of water before my weigh-ins, because that would affect it. Did that. I worked. And then I remember finishing work at seven o'clock. I went straight to Coles and I bought everything I could for brownies. Then I went to Domino's and I bought a pizza. I bought chicken butts. I bought garlic bread. And I made this massive tray of the most decadent brownies you can think of. And I ate every single one of those things all in one sitting the whole massive tray of brownies, all that stuff from Domino's, ate it all in one sitting. And that is when my binging really kicked off. That is when it just got quite hectic. I was already doing it a bit, but it was when things really, really started going downhill. And to compensate for the binging, to compensate for the fact that I was eating everything inside, I started being stricter and stricter and stricter and stricter with my food which obviously then would swing me back to binging, which now I know binge restrict cycle is such a normal thing. But I thought that I was alone. I thought I was the only person who was going through this. I thought I was such a failure. I thought there was something so wrong with me. I was doing things like hiding food at work. I was sneaking to my car to binge. I one time stole my housemate's Nutella when she was out and I ate the whole kilo of the Nutella in one sitting and and I was terrified she'd find out and had to replace it for her. Like, It was so all consuming, I think is the right word for it. Like my whole entire life was focused around trying not to eat or trying to eat a certain way and then failing at that and going in the complete opposite direction and just feeling awful. But on the surface, I seemed healthy. Everyone thought I was healthy. Everyone thought I was controlled. Everyone was like, oh, you you know, you're so good at being balanced because I'd still have the cheese board when mum came to stay. Or I'd still go out for dinner with friends in Melbourne because that's what I presented to the world. That's what I showed people. I didn't tell anyone that I was binging like this. I didn't tell anyone that I was having these horrible, horrible feelings. 
And underneath, I was depressed. I had anxiety and I developed an eating disorder. But in my mind, I didn't actually have any issues with food. I, I thought I was just trying to be good. And I was just failing at it. I didn't think I was disordered or anything like that. Like I, I was in denial. Like I said before, I had the rose colored glasses. I only saw the good bits. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So there's, there's a lot of shit going on, but a lot of the time I'm good during the day. I'm good. It's just at nighttime, which, you know, turned into not even being good during the day, but I just, I didn't understand how serious it was. I don't think because like I said, I thought I was the only one. So I didn't let on about how bad things were to anyone. Eventually I started seeing a psychologist for depression and anxiety because I was having constant panic attacks. I was constantly feeling so depressed and I was like, okay, yep, I get it. Something needs to change. I've been through depression before. I don't, I don't want to do that again. So I need to talk to someone, but it took me, I don't even know how many sessions, but it took me so many sessions to actually speak about food at all. Again, because I didn't think it was a problem. I can remember the turning point the day that I realized that this isn't normal. This isn't okay. And it, it's still, it's, it's going to sound so silly, but it still really upsets me to think about it. My mom had bought me this beautiful hamper of all these beautiful Tasmanian food, like got it delivered to me because she lives in Victoria and I live in Tassie. So I got it delivered to me for my birthday and such a nice, such a beautiful gesture. And I was so happy with it. And then one night I binged on it and I ate pretty much the whole hamper in one sitting. And I just felt sick, like physically sick, but mentally sick. I felt so guilty. I was like, someone's done this beautiful thing for me, this caring, this generous thing. And look what I've done. And I just, that night was, it was awful. Like that was one of those times that I really realized I wasn't okay. I I wanted to hurt myself. I felt awful. And that's when I finally admitted to myself what was going on with food. I finally admitted to my psychologist that, Hey, actually, I don't think this is normal. I don't think this is good for me. I think maybe I need some help with this. And around the same time I, I started learning about intuitive eating. My cousin sent me the book intuitive eating And I started learning about the non-diet approach at when I was doing my study because I'd taken quite some time off the study because wasn't coping, but they brought out this non-diet approach unit. And I was like, okay, cool. Okay. This is all kind of tying in. I can start learning about it. And these things literally saved my life. I would not be here today if I hadn't changed my path, if I hadn't learned about these things, if I hadn't asked for help, if I hadn't found the non-diet approach, I don't think I would be here. I I couldn't have kept going on like I was. And the whole point of this long, very long story, a lot longer than I thought it was going to be. The whole point of this long story is because this is my why. Like my story is my why. I became a non-diet nutrition health coach because I don't want anyone to go through what I went through. But Like I said before, 81% of Australian women dislike their bodies. And that statistic breaks my heart. It makes me so mad. I want to live in a world where every single person feels respected and loved and accepted, both by society and themselves exactly as they are. But that world can't exist until we unlearn all of the bullshit that diet culture has fed us and until we start living from a place of love and respect for our bodies. That's why I'm so passionate about working with women to improve their relationship with food and their body, to create sustainable, healthy habits, and to give them the tools to feel confident in themselves. 
I want you to stop looking in the mirror and thinking, like, I want you to do the things that you want to do and be the woman that you want to be without your body holding you back. I want to shine a light on all of the fun and the easy ways to feel like your best and healthiest self and to show you that food gets to be pleasurable because being healthy is about feeling good. It's not about struggling. It's not about fighting with yourself. I want to help you like I desperately needed someone to help me. My why is because I know that there are so many women out there who are struggling alone, who are thinking that nobody understands what they're going through, thinking that they're failures because they just can't stick to the meal plan or lose the weight or feel safe around food. My why is because I regularly get messages from women who say, oh, wow, I thought it was just me. My why is because there are too many people out there who are preying on people's insecurities and making them feel like they aren't good enough. And I want to do the opposite. My why is because I know that every single person has something inside them that is so bright, so wonderful to share with the world. And how the hell are they supposed to do that when they're so busy worrying about the size of their thighs or how many calories in a piece of bread? My why is because every single time that I hear that I've helped someone make a change, no matter how small, It gives me so much hope for the future that if we can be the generation that changes our view around our bodies and around food, then we can literally change the world for the next generation. So they don't have to go through any of this shit. Like imagine how different the world would be if we all loved and accepted ourselves. That's why I do what I do. That's it. (laughs) So I hope that gives you a little bit of insight into me into my story, into why I started my business. Thank you so much to the people who submitted those questions. It's yeah, it's something that I think is important to share. And like I said, like, I know this was a bit of a heavy episode in a lot of ways, a bit depressing, but it has to be talked about because like I said, people don't realize that other people are going through this. People don't realize that they aren't alone and we need to talk about this more so that people recognize that, you know what, they can change things can change. So if you are listening to this and you're resonating with anything that I said at all, please reach out, please send me a message because if I'm not the one who can help you, I can point you in the direction of someone who can, because you do not need to live like that. You do not need to struggle alone. And there is so much, there's just such a better life waiting for you. So I would love it if you found this episode helpful, share it on your stories, tag me in it at inspire underscore underscore wellness. Tell me what your biggest takeaway was. Tell me about what you found helpful. And yeah, I would I would be so grateful. And if you have any of your own questions that you want me to answer on the podcast, send me a message. Let me know. I would love to answer them for you no matter what it is. And yeah, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for being here and listening to me ramble on <laughs> about my story. But yeah, I, I hope that you connected with that. And thank you for listening. I'll see you next week. <laughs>